Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Laura Benedetto. We had such a great conversation on the last episode. If you missed that, go back and listen to that. Get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. We had so much fun. Just We, we talked about a lot, and I, I love her energy. I can't wait to get her back on the line here because it just it makes me want to go, go, go. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a number one bestselling author. Her book's titled The Six Habits. She is a life mastery coach. She teaches people how to create the life of their dreams without sacrificing what they love. She's the founder and CEO, uh, as the founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, which was a company she built at age 19. She's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their terms. You can find more about her at her website, which is thesixhabits.com. That's D-S-I-X habits.com. Go there, check her out, connect with her. She'd love to hear from you. Laura, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome to go for round two. I can't wait. This is fun. And uh, so let's let's dive into this really quickly because I feel like we touched on it, but we kind of danced around it because we were so passionate on the last episode. The six <laughs> habits. What are the six habits? The six habits are kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. And I do want to say that most of the world unfortunately regards and dismisses these things because they're just common words. We've heard them before. And they're not new ideas. The new approach here is regarding these concepts as mental habits and specific expressions of them, not just the ideas themselves. I mean, most people even take a look at kindness. And they're like, oh, that's being nice to other people. That's true. But in this context, it is a mental habit of you being kind to yourself and so on. And that that can be hard. Uh, yeah, I was buddy. just talking I was just <laughs> talking to someone actually earlier today on a, on a podcast. And I was telling the story about how like I often get the comment these days that I am my own motivational coach and people will be like, I just hear how you talk to yourself and all, cause like I'll say things out loud to myself now. That's like, Hey, you did a good job or Hey, that was awesome. You know, I, I, it just has become habit, but it's because a few years ago I was so hard on, hard on myself. I would say things to myself that I would never say to anyone else. I mean, you could put my worst enemy in the room with me and I would not talk to them the way that I would talk to myself. And I realized that and I was like, I need to I need to stop this. Why should I talk to myself this way? Because this stuff really isn't true. And so it was a long process to really get to the point where, you know, now it still happens from time to time, but I catch myself and I correct it. 
And I nice. apologize to myself and I because that's, you know, that's where I want to go. Why should you respect everyone else and then treat yourself bad? But a lot of people do. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, first of all, I just really want to acknowledge you for actually recognizing a destructive thought pattern on your own and then powerfully doing something about it and continuing to catch yourself and powerfully redirect. That takes courage. That takes discipline. And that really, it is a habit. And you've done the work to build it. That's wonderful. And I think that many of us don't even realize the things we say in our heads. We'll be going into a meeting and, you know, we're maybe like feeling some anxiety about it because we're doubting ourselves. And we'll have this like, stream of negativity in our heads like, oh, this is going to go like crap. You're going to bomb, you know? And sometimes these are even subconscious thoughts of, you know, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm really worried about looking like crap, blah, 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 right? But when we do what you've done and what I've done, which is actually change the narrative purposefully to one of kindness, it sounds a lot more like, I got this. I can do this. Yep. Scary and I got this. I, you know, I look great today. I like who I am, blah, blah, blah. And when you constantly give yourself better, you know, brain food, you're going to be a healthier, happier person from the inside. I think the other thing for me too, amen to everything you said. And I think the other thing for me too, is as I went down that path and did the work, I also learned to let go of some specific expectations and, you know, still expect good things but not be as attached to specific things. Meaning like if I went in to do, if I was doing a presentation, it was like, instead of like saying what you said, having that talk of, oh, maybe, because I think a lot of people lower their expectations because it's easier to to go in and suck and be like, I knew I was going to suck. So you're prepared for it mm -hmm. rather than go in and think you're going to do really well and then suck. It's harder to swallow that pill than it is to go in and be the way you expect. So they lower their own their own That's bar. True. But I think that if you go in going, I'm going to do the best I absolutely can. I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve and I'm going to provide value and I'm just going to do a game for me. And you mm -hmm. go in and you do that. You don't have an expectation of success or failure. If it goes really bad, you can learn from it and use it in the future in a constructive mm -hmm. way. If you do really well, you can celebrate that and be like, yeah, I got this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot that you've just said. And um, there's a lot behind what you've just said. And it's really important. I mean, first of all, we, we always like, we attach a value judgment to our performance. Oh, if I'm not successful, then um, that means I'm not successful as a person. Okay, that's wrong. But also, like, we need to give ourselves permission to actually suck. It's okay to suck. And if this if this goes really badly, you can learn from it just exactly like you said. But I want to add to what you said and, and really just add two words, identity versus role. These should be impermeable concepts, particularly your identity. Your roles might be fluid throughout your life. So your identity, these are your adjectives. You're kind, you're thoughtful, you're humorous, you're a go-getter, blah, blah, blah. These are the things that describe you. But your roles are different. Your roles are son, father, husband, boss, podcaster, blah, blah, blah. And if you were to take all of the roles away from most people, their identity would start to suffer in a big, big way. Like, oh my God, I suck. I'm such a loser because their roles define them. However, when you 
untangle these two concepts and you let your identity be completely sovereign and independent of your roles, you could sit on the beach in total stillness or sit in a dark room in total stillness and just know you are still solid and untouchable. And it's that separation that makes a huge difference um, for a lot of people once it's actually like thought about that way. That is great. It reminds me of a podcast I was listening to earlier today, actually. Um, so I have a morning routine. I go to mass in the morning and then I grab my coffee from a little coffee shop and then I come back and I get to work. And I was on my way back listening to a podcast and it was talking about our focus. And as you said, when you're talking about roles and identities, it was like, are the question was, are you building your legacy as a, in terms of resume or in terms of eulogy? And the point mm -hmm. was, when people come to your funeral at the end, they're probably not going to stand around and talk about all your accomplishments. Like, oh, he was the president of the company and he achieved this at the youngest age and became this type of author. Those aren't the types of things people are going to talk about. But we focus so much of our lives on building that resume and those types of achievements that at the end of the day, it can leave us feeling empty because we're not really focused on what's super important. And then that's what's super important is the eulogy content. What are people going to say about us? How did we treat other people? How did we show up in kindness? How did we serve others? How do we provide value for others? Those are the types of things people are going to are going to talk about when we're gone and when they're celebrating our lives. So are you giving people things to celebrate you while you're alive so they can further do it at your mm -hmm. eulogy when you're not? I love that. You know, I saw something like that um almost identical concept in social media the other day. Um, and I just, I love the idea of it. Yeah. You're, you're not, why are you trying to build a fancy resume? I mean, to be fair, I did this myself, but here's the other thing. Nobody at your funeral is going to be like, so Laura had 12% body fat and she was always a size two. Wow. Um, no, they're going to be like, Laura was fun and she always made people happy and made people laugh and blah, blah, blah. You know? You mean they're not going to say, did you see how many followers she had on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that one <laughs> post from 16 years ago on May the 4th um, with like 160,000 likes? Oh, my God, you guys, she will be missed. May she She was so peace. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but it's funny, but it's what a lot of people are chasing because, I mean, they perceive their self-value, as you said, with a role rather than with who they really are. And I would argue... Maybe it's not an argument, but I would discuss or I would point out that <laughs> I believe that your role actually increases by default when you work on your identity. Yeah. Yeah, it can, but like your your role and your duties don't increase. Um like no, you no, but I mean more you show father, up, but you become you show probably up better. a better version of it. Right. A better That's leader, a better dad, a better podcaster when you actually work on yourself. I actually have a question for you. Yeah. When you did the work to learn to become kind to yourself and then actually rescript your head. What was your journey like? Why did you do it? How long did it take you? I did it because, well, number one, I have conversations with people like you quite often. So <laughs> that's one thing. So I have, yeah, I have awareness <laughs> about those types of things. But the reason that I did it was because I realized, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of in, of work on myself and I was because I wasn't right where I wanted to be and I wanted to achieve more and do more. So I was looking at like, you know, 
in any of the stuff around me because I was like, I'm, it's not the fact that's when I came to that. We talked about in the last episode, I came to the point where I was like, I can't work any more hours. There's just not enough hours in the day. So it must not be the amount of work I'm doing. It must be the quality of work. And what's the, 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 the big variable with the quality of work. It's me. It's like, I'm the one that shows up and does this. And if it's not giving me what I want to get, then I must not be showing up in the right way. And then I just started looking at like, what are the things that are happening consistently? Consistently, And I just remember getting so, like, I'm not an angry person. It's not my nature. Like, I just typically, mm-hmm. when I get angry, something really bad happened or something really extreme happened to make me get that way. And I remember just being so angry. And I'm like, this isn't me. Why am I so angry? And why am I taking it out on myself? Because I'm also not a confrontational person. I don't like to have serious, heated confrontations with other people. I like to be more of a peacemaker. And I realized that I wasn't having confrontations with other people, but I was having confrontations with myself. And I realized that that was a really cowardly thing to do because I couldn't like fight myself to the point where something super bad would happen, but I was sabotaging myself by doing that. And then I realized the type of language I was using. Like I remember when I really learned, when I really hit home, I dropped a pen. I was sitting at my desk doing a podcast, doing something, and I dropped a pen. And I just handed myself my butt in my own head. And I thought, why would I talk to myself that way? I was like, I would never, like over something so insignificant, I would never talk to anyone else that way. And that's when I had a real come to Jesus moment with myself and was like, hey, that's not true, all that stuff you just said. You're not, that's not you. And then I, you know, I apologized and started to work on that. But that's where it started for me was just coming to terms with that and knowing I had to change. And then once I realized that, I was hyper aware to it. So anytime I would say anything to myself, I would audit my own thoughts and I would audit the way that I was talking to myself and I would always try to empower myself. And that's how it happened. And as it was happening over time, I started to be more successful because I was showing up with more confidence and more posture because I was starting to change the belief of I'm not enough and I'm all these negative things to I'm worthy, I'm valuable, I appreciate myself. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or says because this is who I am. This is how I show up. This is my intention. And if they don't see that, that's not me, that's them. Amen. How long did it take you from that pen incident where you had your awakening, I guess, to where you finally got to a place where you're like, this is great. And this is my new default. It honestly, it took probably six to eight months to really get to the point where it started to become an automatic thing. I mean, now I sit here three, this was three years ago. I sit here three years later and it still happens from time to time, but it's not as intense and it doesn't last nearly as long. So when it happens, when I say something to myself, I will immediately notice it and I will change it. And it doesn't happen as often, but from time to time it does happen. But what I did notice too is it doesn't happen with the minute things anymore. Like when I drop the pen, I laugh about it now instead of getting angry at myself. Um, Bigger things from time to time, I'll give myself a little uh, pepped up, but then I have to stop myself. But the way it is showing up is like I said, I've had people tell me that they laugh because they think it's funny that I'm like my own motivational speaker. Whereas I will say That's things what to you're myself supposed like, to be. yeah, right. You're, and I'm I like, mean, why listen, is that so weird? I, I love the concept of like coaching and serving others. And I love working with my clients, but you realize my goal is to fire myself. And the goal is to make it so you 
are your own coach. So you are the one that is screaming your name from the bleachers in your own head. It's not me. You should be your own voice of like excellence. And it you've done it and I love it. Can you actually expand a little bit on like the kind of impact that self-kindness has had in your life? I mean, this is my jam. So I can totally go in depth on this one, but like, I love this subject. I want to hear more. Well, what really, if you want to get really into the nitty gritty, what really made me shift too was the fact that, you know, I was deepening my, my spiritual, my spirituality. I was really working on that as well. And when I look at myself, I was trying to see myself like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I told you that before. I'm a devout Catholic. And I believe that God loves us all so incredibly much more than we can ever fathom. And it's like, if God can love me that much, why can't I love myself? If I want to be more like God and treat other people in that manner, why can't I do that with me? Because that's the way I'm going to be able to do that. So it was really realizing that God already loves me more than anything ever. And no matter what I do, he's always going to love me. So I'd never lose value. And that's really what started. So it was like, now I need to act accordingly. And I need to look at the way that I'm treating myself and the way that I'm showing up. And I remember being so angry and being like, God would never be angry like that. Why am I angry like this? What gives me the right to be angry like this? And that's kind of what what turned, what, how that started to, to go. But it changed everything in my life because I started showing up differently. I started being more empathetic. I started you know, putting myself in other people's place. I started looking for positives in other people rather than pointing out the way that they're different and focus keying in on that. I think a lot of people, if they don't believe, if they don't give themselves that self-love, they start to see that those things that they don't like about themselves in other people. And then it helps, it makes them think negatively of other people, which comes back onto them and it starts this negative loop. Whereas when you become, when you start to love yourself and you start to be kind to yourself and you start that, you'll start to notice those things in other people. And instead of noticing the differences, you'll notice the similarities more and you'll notice Mm -hmm. the things they're doing really well. And you'll notice instead of getting angrier at people, you give them more of the benefit of the doubt. And when you show up that way, it's a whole different energy. It's a whole different feeling. Mm -hmm. And it just changes the whole interaction. It changes your experience of life all the way around. Well, a couple things. One, all of that. Absolutely. Love it. Second of all, I think you might actually be my habit mastery soulmate. You might be. <laughs> no, seriously, because like I spent my whole life obsessing on this stuff and teaching about everything that you just said. And it's so wonderful. And I, I never get to do this, right? I'm usually on a podcast and I'm saying the things that you just said. And it's so delightful to hear someone else really, really ext- explain it so well to talk about what what the benefits are and why we should do this. Like, you know, kindness, it like just that's one of the habits. Can you imagine the impact of the other five? Like they, these are like truly life changing types of mental thought patterns that, that change our experience in life. We, we learn to love ourselves. We actually learn to love others better. We become more patient. We become more of a magnet for success. We become better in our roles. People enjoy being around us more. We enjoy being around us more. We enjoy our lives. We're, we're just really the best expression of ourselves. We don't let fear, you know, hold us back. We don't feel guilty about investing in ourselves. I mean, there's so much benefit here. And this is the thing that, um, you know, I, I'm just so grateful to be able to share this um, mindset with you. I, you know, I had this really awesome conversation yesterday um, 
actually with my hairstylist. She's been reading my book. And um, the thing that she said to me that probably made me happier, that I, and I get this feedback a lot, um, it made me happier than probably any other kind of feedback because this is the thing that I wanted to impart probably more than anything. You don't need to change who you are. You don't need to give up what you love. You don't need to give up the things that make you, you. If anything, you become more you. It's not like a series of lists and, okay, meditate five times a day and spin in a circle five times and make sure you spit to the West. Like, it's not, it's not that stuff. It's like, it's more cerebral. It's more self mental mastery. And, you know, the whole point, oddly enough, terrible business model, but the whole point is ultimately forget about the habits and just do them. Yeah. I mean, when they become part of your identity, that's when they become powerful, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point. Like, yep. so I record my TED talk um, very soon and going through the whole experience, of course, you write it, then you rewrite it, then you rewrite it, then you rewrite it like a hundred times. And just like going through that and making one of the really big points about, um, you know, how the habits are simply just a means to an end. The end being the happiness we're talking about. And if you're doing it right, after a while, you don't even think about it anymore. Like, Mario, I know that you don't wake up every morning and be like, I'm going to be kind to myself today. You just do it, <laughs> right? And the yeah. habit as concepts fade away. And what's left is you in your most epic splendor as a worthy, amazing, epic human that totally believes in himself and enjoys his own damn life. I, I also think too, on the, just to build on that too, like when you get, when you start to actually operate that way, it becomes not about you because if you're already at that yes. point where, you know, you're being kind to yourself and you understand that and you realize your value, you don't need that from anyone else. And you can then, and you can, you're right. good. You're good with you. So you can focus openly with zero expectation on return with other people and that becomes powerful because people aren't used to seeing other people operate that way. Honestly, you couldn't be more right about this. I mean, I remember just, you know, always focusing on how unhappy I was, right? So for years up until 2018, I was not talking to all kinds of people like me and focusing on all the good things. Um, but once I started to really focus on it and realize what was possible, it was like, oh, right. I needed to solve like, I feel like crap. I feel like crap. I feel like crap. I needed to take care of me. Notice how all of that is incredibly egocentric. But once I actually met my core basic needs of just feeling loved by myself and feeling like I deserve to be on this planet, um, it changed everything. I don't think about me anymore. Now I like, I'm all excited all excited about sharing with others and powerfully contributing to you, to listeners, and like really just giving people a glimmer of what it could be like to live a better life in your head. Because when, you know, all the stuff that's in your head is the lens that you look your entire life through, the things you want, the relationships you have, the problems you experience. If your lens is cloudy, that's all you're going to see is the clouds. But if your lens is nice and clear and clean and beautiful, you'll be able to see things much better and interact in the world in a better way. Absolutely. And, you know, I, it reminds me, and I, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but just everything you're saying is triggering other things for, in my thoughts. And one of the things that it brings up is this saying that I heard oh, years ago that I've kept close to me and I had to kind of grow into it. But it's something that I live by and it's, it's, 
simply I am third, and meaning God is number one, everyone else is number two, and I am third. Now, you have to be in a really healthy emotional place to live that out in a healthy way. Because, you know, if you if you constantly put yourself last for everything and mm-hmm. there's no balance, then you're going to suffer and you can't make yourself effectively third because you can't serve other people to your highest capacity. So right. I had to learn that that on that path. But it's a super powerful thing when you operate from what you're saying, how you said you took care of yourself, you got yourself happy. Now you can effectively be third because you're not dependent on anyone else for your happiness. You're not dependent on anyone else for your peace, for your joy. You're there. So now you can put other people's needs ahead of your own because your needs are already met internally. Absolutely. You know, so I have actually never thought about things that way. And I myself, I am not religious. I am spiritual. I definitely believe um, in spirit and all those things. I just don't subscribe to any particular religion. Um, But I'm very supportive of those who do. And my perspective would be if you are in such an extraordinary state of pain, you may actually have to make it self first so you can put yourself out of pain. So then you can reorder things because now I take a look at my life and because my needs are met, it doesn't need to be about me anymore. And it's like, it's easy because I know that I'm good. Like if if anybody's ever taken a look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, that's a fine thing to, you know, to consider. Um, I think when we really pay attention to the pain we're in and actually address it, like going to the doctor, hey, my foot hurts. Well, maybe we should do something about that. Yeah. It's hard to focus on, you know, hey, you know what? I'm going to start learning a craft with my hands if my foot's killing me. Like it's really hard. But if you maybe Mm -hmm. just address the fact that you are in pain, that you don't speak kindly to yourself, that you don't like, you know, adopt the other habits and you aren't living that way, then you can very much make it about all the other priorities you have. And, and in your case, God, others, mm-hmm. then self. Yep. I agree 110%. I think that, yeah, you have to be in that healthy emotional place or it doesn't work that way. And I think a lot of people, they, they the other, the flip side to that is when they talk about that whole analogy of the oxygen mask in the airplane that's been coming up a lot lately. You have to put your own mask on first. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that there comes a point where once you're getting your oxygen, then you need to go out and help other people. You don't sit and focus on the fact that, oh, I'm good. I got my oxygen. You need to go help as many other people get their masks on as possible. Because once you take care of you, it becomes almost your dude, not almost, it becomes your duty to pay it forward and help other people in some way, shape, or form. We're all unique. We're all geared to help people differently and provide value differently in our own unique way. But whatever your way is, you need to go do that. You don't just be good and enjoy everything on your own. You be good, and then you pay it forward. Bingo. Fully agree with you. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. The last, not only on this episode, but on the last episode as well, I want to remind people again, the sixhabits.com is where they can go find you, grab a copy of your book, see everything you're up to. I can't encourage people enough to go do that. Thank you so very much. This was a great couple of conversations and we definitely need to do this again soon. I wholeheartedly agree. Thanks, Mario. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have 
conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.